Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. This is the week three preview. I'm your host, Alex, a.k.a. Bullship One, joined by just one host tonight, Holt Smash. What's up, Holt? Alex, how's it going, man? Nice to uh, get you on the line. Um, JB couldn't be here tonight. Um, had some family issues, so definitely thinking about him and uh, his family. And uh, we wish JB the best and hope he's doing all right. Man, I, I would have felt bad. I did want to make like a Whataburger Five Guys joke, but I feel like it's a little too soon for that for JB. Well, knowing JB, he probably did stop at Five Guys um, <laughs> on the way back. Know, on the way on the way out there. So <laughs> I, he's not he's not crazy enough to go out of his way to like drive three hours to go to Whataburger, but he would go a little bit out of his way for Five Guys. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I mean, even if he's in a hurry, usually there's still time to stop and get five guys real quick because I think he orders on the app now. So he just <laughs> he just like orders ahead of time and then runs and picks it up like and they already know him and everything. They already know his order and they know him by face. They're just like, oh, here he comes. <laughs> he has been hitting me up lately about the rewards. He told me about the Taco Bell rewards. <clears throat> so um, I think he's, he's on his he's on his A game with his budget. Bowing out. I mean, I. I I got to say, I mean, those apps are really clutch nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, I mostly use the Chick-fil-A and the yeah. Chipotle app. Um, but there are a few other ones, like, especially, like, the pizza. Uh, I haven't ordered pizza in a long time. But um, for a while there, Domino's had some good deals. Or Papa John's, I think, maybe was what I used. And yeah, it's some really good deals on there. For sure. Um, I actually, I got the, I'm a proud Chick-fil-A rewards member. And I got the app on my phone as well. And I was kind of embarrassed to uh, – whip the app out in front of my friends because we were all comparing like points and like I had their points like doubled or tripled and I was a little embarrassed about how much I wanted Chick-fil-A but I don't think there's anything wrong with that honestly no there's not anything wrong with too much Chick-fil-A um, I don't think there is such thing as too much Chick-fil-A honestly I, I was actually just thinking today that I haven't had Chick-fil-A in a while um girl in my office uh, brought some Chick-fil-A to work today and I could smell it like all the way across the room and I um you know, it was creeping up on lunchtime, and I hadn't eaten yet, and it was uh, it was kind of a struggle for me. But uh, yeah, definitely love me some Chick Fil A. Have you ever been the cool kid at, at school <clears throat> lunch that their dad brought a McDonald's? Uh, no, um, I was never that kid. Uh, both my parents worked and had um, you know jobs pretty far away from where I went to school, so um, never got to be that kid. I was always envious of those kids. Uh, there was one kid I sat with. I remember my freshman year in high school, and his his mom used to bring him Taco Bell like once a week. 
And I was just like, you know, yeah. sitting there eating school food, like, what the hell? Now, my mom made made me my uh, bologna and mustard sandwich with uh, with love. <laughs> but on to some football hold. I was looking at the schedule for week three, and um, it's just a, it's a blah to me. I don't know about you, but to me, it's a blah. Yeah, there's uh, not really a lot going on this weekend, um, especially in the SEC. It's just very, very dull. Um, you know, it's it, it's kind of sad. I mean, it seems like we wait so long for college football, and then, you know, week one was kind of, man, week two was had some decent matchups. Uh, and then week three is just right back to, you know, a whole lot of nothing. I mean, I guess like week one, at least we were just all excited that there was college football on. But, you know, I mean, you got Alabama traveling to uh, South Carolina. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a loud environment, but after South Carolina, you know, fell to North Carolina in week one and Jake Bentley gets hurt for the season, you know, you just kind of, you know, that game, you know, it it maybe didn't have like a ton of hype going into the season, but it lost like whatever hype it had, you know, with that. And then, you know, you got uh, uh, Florida, Kentucky is probably the best matchup um, of the week. And, uh, you know, Felipe Frank's traveling up to uh, to the grocery store, okay. and um, yeah, and I'm uh, gonna face the Kentucky Wildcats, and um, only a eight and a half point favorite. I mean, I guess that's a lot for a road team, but you know, I definitely think that has a chance to be a really competitive game. And then the only other one that is really of note is the Mississippi State Kansas State game. Um, you know, also. Uh, eight-point line in that one uh, in favor of Mississippi State. So, uh, But other than that, it's a lot of boring matchups. Um, you know, hopefully Arkansas and Colorado State is not that close of a game. Um, I know Colorado State was able to win that game last year, but uh, hopefully Arkansas is able to take care of business this year. And other than that, it's just a whole lot of nothing. Why um, – yeah, so I have a couple couple questions. Um, that eight-and-a-half-point line for Florida, Kentucky, does seem a little suspicious. Um, and then why, why does some games not have opening lines? For instance, I was, I tweeted out the, uh, SC games, uh, they, the lines are opening lines for the week, um, a couple of days ago, and I couldn't find a line for Kansas State, Mississippi State, but now they do have a line. Do you know why some games have a line when they open and some don't? Well, I mean, it just depends on where you're looking. I mean, usually like there was probably a line on that game, like, you know, right on Sunday, but, you know, it's just, like, depending on where you look. Like, if you're just looking on the ESPN app, I'm not sure what line they use, but, you know, that may be just not have a line posted yet. Um, but you could probably find a line somewhere. I mean, usually, um, you know, usually there be a line posted in, at least somewhere. Um, you know, I'm not really sure specifically why that game wasn't listed yet. I don't think it was – you know, I think maybe part of the issue is Tommy Stevens was hurt and maybe they just wanted to wait a day or two to see, like, if anything happened with that. I mean, I'm, I really don't know. Yeah, not sure. Um, at least it is a Power 5 matchup. So, I mean, you can't complain. At least it's a Power 5 matchup is what I think with that one. I mean, honestly, that's, like, one of the best ones this week. Um, had a question. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so Do you remember what it was, though? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question to my question. Um, let's just speak uh, openly about just what's been going around college football, um, just because there's there's not a lot of great games I want to talk too much in detail about this week, but I do want to talk about what's going on. So two major news stories that I've heard this week is um, one, 
Nick Saban complaining about the 11 a.m. kickoff, and two, the California bill that just passed, I think, today that allows college athletes to profit off their name and likeness. Uh, let's start with the first one, Holt. Are you tired of Nick Saban finding something else to complain about? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I am, but at the same time, it's just very expected. Um, I don't know why people are surprised when stuff like this happens. I mean, it just seems like this is very, um, you know, very in character for Nick Saban um, and Alabama to just be complaining about something. I mean, you know, they're so used to playing at 2.30 or on CBS for like primetime on ESPN and, you know, they got stuck with an 11 a.m. game against uh, next week. Right? Know, I don't even know who they're playing. I don't even know. Oh, is it next week? Yeah, because this one's yeah. South Carolina. Oh, right, because playing South Carolina this week, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I don't really care, honestly, like one way or the other. Um, I don't – I mean, I really don't even pay attention to it. Like, I literally heard it, and I was like, you know, wow, cry me a river, and then immediately, like, moved on. Like, it's not really newsworthy to me at all, but I guess, you know, it just gives people something to be mad at Alabama about, I guess, and, yeah, you know. They can definitely handle a, a 11 a.m. game every once in a while. It could be one of those, like, non-news week where you have just something that comes out that some people just have to talk about something, and this is just one of those things that, like, there's nothing else really going on, so we have to talk about this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just kind of dead week. No really, not really any games to talk about, um, you know. I mean, so many of the games have double-digit lines, and, a lot of them are even over like 25 points in the SEC this week. So not really anything fun to talk about. Um, <laughs> We're going to make know, it. So you got to, yes, they got to turn it into something. Everybody loves, you know, making fun of Alabama, like when they do something stupid. So yeah, I guess it works out. Hold, do you think, uh, I know you're not a attorney or anything, but just pretend you are for a second. Do you think California passing this bill kind of opens up the, the gates for all the other states to pass a similar bill and eventually get to a point where college athletes are paid? I mean, you know, I, I definitely think it's going that direction. I'm not sure if this specific bill is, the, is you know, going to lead to that. Um, you know, I, I think the thing to, to note is that, you know, I mean, although it is legal in the state of California, um, from what I understand, it still doesn't, uh, even though it's it's legal technically by law, um, I don't know if the NCAA like it's still not legal within the NCAA. So, um, you know, it's I don't know if there's like a uh, I don't know. I mean, I I don't want to act like I've read like a ton about this because I haven't really. But just like from what I've seen on Twitter um, from a few people, it just appears to be that um, basically those schools in California, like if those athletes like break the NCAA laws, like they would still be punished by the NCAA, even if it is legal in that state, if that makes sense. So I think it's really going to change a lot, but I do think eventually we are going to go in that direction. Um, and again, I may have misunderstood what, you know, your, your you choice. Know, I, I don't claim to, yeah, I don't claim to, uh, you know, to be a lawyer or really even know. Should we call that's Paul? Just, uh, no, I don't think so. But one thing I will tell you, though, is that I deal with a lot of lawyers um, with my job. And I'm just going to tell you, man, like a lot of them really aren't that smart. Like you'd be surprised. A lot of them are um, just not as nearly smart as you would think. Um, so there's hope for us to be a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, there really is. And, you know, 
a lot of medical people too. Um, not as smart as you might think. So, um, especially especially common sense wise. But anyway, basically what I'm getting at is I do think that uh, it is going in that direction. Um, I do think I don't know about college athletes being paid like directly by the schools, but I definitely think we're going to get to the point in the near future where um, athletes are able to make money off their likeness and, um, you know, maybe profit off of their, um, you know, their fame, I guess you could say, um, you know, or being able to do like endorsements or, um, you know, like shoe deals and maybe some stuff like that. I don't know. Uh, I do. I definitely think that it's more headed in that direction, more so than like the schools actually paying the players directly. I sure do wish this was around when I was a D2 college athlete running across country. I mean, I could have made a fortune. Yeah, I know. Dude, just think about like all the shoe deals you could have had. You could have had like the the, bull, the bullships one. <laughs> oh, shit. Is that a bullships coming around the corner? <laughs> <laughs> I would have I'd had to Dude, play, I... play along with Forrest Gump or something, I would think. Like there's so much marketing there. Yeah. But anyway, what I'm what I really bringing this back to, Holt, um, besides Forrest Gump, is that I'm just saying, is this California bill going to lead us one day to where we can play college football on Xbox or PlayStation again? I mean, I feel like the demand for it is so high that it's eventually going to make it back. I mean, I just feel like one way or another, they're going to figure out a way to do it. And, um, you know, I hope it's in the near future because obviously, like, we missed that, and it sucks that it got taken away. And you know, Ed O'Bannon really sucks. Um, he's the reason that I still have to have a PlayStation Three, even though it's like twenty years old. So, definitely uh, not the biggest fan of him. And you know, I know on Twitter he's only got like four thousand Twitter followers. So obviously not the most, uh, you know, not nearly as famous as he thinks he is, and important as he thinks he is. Obviously, so. Think about all the, fun all the fun players we missed out on playing with. Like, Kyler Murray is the one that comes to mind. Think about how fun he would be playing as quarterback or uh, Derrick Henry Alabama when he was running back. Alabama. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely a lot of them. Um, I was just thinking about this the other day. I mean, there's really so many. I mean, I never really got to play with Dak Prescott in the game, at least when he was good. Um, yeah. He, he is in, like, the last game, but he's not – he's, like, the backup and he's not any good. Um that definitely would have been really fun. Um, I like, mean, there's a ton, honestly. Fournette. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of more like dual threat quarterbacks. <laughs> Those are all different. I mean, I bet like uh, if they'd have made a game after the 2014 season, um, like uh, I bet Cardell Jones would have been really fun to play with the next year. Or even um, even Jalen Hurts after his freshman year probably been fun to play with. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. I mean, there's. There's been a ton since then. Uh, Lamar Jackson, actually. That's probably oh, the yeah. one. There you go. That's the gold standard. Yeah. Hold, let's talk about some football that's actually happening this week. Um, so we know there's not great SEC games, but let's talk about around the country. Is there any game that piques your interest at all? Um, I have a couple in mind, but I want to see if you will mimic that. Well, I mean, I know that the, you know, the primetime ABC game is uh, Clemson and Syracuse. Obviously, that's been a pretty close game the last couple of years. Syracuse pulling the upset two seasons ago. Um, but, I mean, yeah, there's some pretty good matchups. I mean, I think Iowa-Iowa State is probably, as sad as it is, it's probably the most exciting game of the day. Um, that is a really big rivalry. And, um, you know, Iowa State did not look great in their one game so far, uh, having to go to triple overtime to beat Northern Iowa. Um, 
luckily for them, the other coach uh, for Northern Iowa didn't have any balls and didn't go for two in overtime and ended up losing. Um, but anyway, that should be a really exciting matchup. That's a very uh, hostile rivalry. And, um, you know, it's good to get those. You don't see too many big rivalries early in the season, but that is one of them. Think about um, So definitely looking forward to that game. Think about how disappointing Oklahoma UCLA game is now. To start the season, that looks like a game that would be like, okay, this could be this could be a game day material game. Two Power Five teams. Two uh, you knew Oklahoma was gonna be like a top ten team, if not a top five team, and then you knew you thought with Chip Kelly in year two that he get things turned around and win two pretty winnable games in Cincinnati. And I think it was uh, Fresno State or San Jose State. Someone another, another San Diego State. San Diego, close, close. Did you also see that San Diego State? has the best record against Pac-12 teams in the last, like, two or three years? No, I did not see that. Win, win percentage probably is the better way to say it, but they, they post that on Twitter. Uh, but that's a game that looks like it was going to be good. Now Oklahoma's favored by 23.5 points at UCLA. Kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm sure when that game was scheduled, they had a really big matchup, but UCLA's really falling off a cliff. And, you know, Chip Kelly, I mean – I just don't even know what to say. Uh, you know, I mean, I was really concerned about the, you know, the recruiting finish last year. I mean, they really did not have a good recruiting class at all. I mean, not even just for UCLA standards, like just for like any power five team standards, they had a really bad recruiting class and, you know, they've really shown no progress in year two under Chip Kelly. And I'm just not really sure where they're going. I mean, I think they have to give him time. I think he's, I think he's proven enough as a head coach to where, um, you know, he's earned the right to uh, see it through there. But, I mean, man, like you would really like to see some more progress than they've shown so far. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I think Oklahoma's probably going to win that game pretty easily. They're a 23.5-point favorite, so uh, they should. And then another, like, kind of semi-intriguing game, an uh, interesting matchup. Say it, say it, hold um, Come on, don't disappoint me here because I'm, I'm about to say it if you don't. I was going to say TCU-Purdue. Um, Wrong answer. I'm sorry. I think that has a chance to be – I think that has a chance to be a pretty exciting game. I don't know. Is Memphis playing somebody this week? Is that what you're <laughs> we, saying are, that? we are playing uh, South Alabama, and there is a whole thread on MemphisTigers.org about South Alabama. And <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. I don't know if Mississippi State, where their message board is, or if this is the same thing. But even when Memphis plays a team that they're, like, supposed to blow out like FCS team they did it for uh, Southern last week there's like a whole thread dedicated to that team and like to break down their offense and defense and like their historical record all this I'm like man it's Southern stop stop trying to make this something other than it's not but that's just how it goes we take our phones seriously but what I was going to say Holt was not a Memphis game it was actually a Friday night special between Washington State and Houston um, high-powered offense is what I'm thinking Holt Obviously, Washington State has the high-powered offense, but Houston didn't look too bad against uh, Oklahoma in the first week. Um, the second week, I forgot who they played, but they, they won by not as much as they should have, but they still won. This game is kind of interesting to me, at least. And then there's obviously the other UCF-Stanford game that's interesting, too. But I think this Washington State Friday night special is going to be a good game. Yeah, I was looking at that as well. Um, that should be an exciting matchup. And, I mean, even North Carolina-Wake Forest, like, you know, I mean, look, I'm not saying those are two good teams, but – it should be a close game, and North Carolina, you know, has really surprised a lot of people. I think most people thought they'd be 0-2 right now. Instead, they're sitting 2-0, uh, two upset wins over uh, South Carolina and Miami. So, uh, Mac Brown, you know, got to give him some credit. Uh, really, 
I mean, honestly, pretty happy for him. He just seems like a really good guy, and I'm glad to see him having success. Um, I don't know about you, but it kind of reminds me a lot of Mark Richt at Miami. Um, you know, I'm yeah. not sure that, like, he's going to be there for, like, you know, five, ten years or anything like that. But, um, you know, he's definitely come in and been able to establish a culture and kind of, you know, steady the shit there, so to speak. And, um, you know, North Carolina's definitely had some rough years the last couple of years with um, Larry Fedora. And, you know, I don't want to hate on Larry Fedora too much. I think a lot of people in the media already do that. Uh, they really struggled with the injuries the last few years. I mean, they really were hit hard by injuries. So, um, you know, just for some really bad luck there. But it looks like Mac Brown has, you know, really studied the ship there. And it's good to see. I mean, I'm happy to see it. I was not a fan of the Mac Brown hire, but so far it's, he's done well there, which is surprising me because I just – I don't see how he motivates or inspires his players just because um, his age and I've just – I've heard him commentate, so I just don't see how, you know, he's a great motivator, but maybe you just have to be there to understand it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I agree too. I mean, I just – I don't know if it's necessarily the motivation. I mean, I do think he's a good speaker and just like – very just well-spoken, I guess I should say. Um, but I just think like, his experience and, you know, his confidence and like, he just, he knows how to be like the CEO. He knows how to manage everything. And um, I just think that's really what a program like North Carolina needs you now is just someone to just come in and just, you know, be a good leader and um, set that standard at the top that it can kind of, you know, trickle its way down, um, you know, to the, all the way, you know, to the players and uh, so forth. So, um, it definitely looks like that's happened. And, you know, I mean, hey, it's a good for North Carolina. And maybe um, Mac Brown can have some success these next couple of years. And then when it's time for him to move on, they, you know, they'll have a really good situation for, uh, for the next head coach to come into. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about some SEC games, Holt, for the next 40 minutes or so. Um, like we said, not great schedule this week, but there's some uh, there's some games that we can talk about for a little bit. For instance, um, will Tennessee finally break the streak and beat Chattanooga? Man, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> tell you what, um, you know, I'm I'm really, you know, I, just like I've said a million times, like I definitely grew up not liking Tennessee. I've pretty much I'm not really shot away from saying that uh but it, it's kind of rough you know living with JV and you know obviously JV is my friend and I through this and um I would hate to go through this as well but you know I do enjoy watching Tennessee lose I very much do so a part of me like would really like to see Tennessee lose this game but um at the same time I do think they're going to turn it around this week and finally finally get the win um or get that first one of the season. Um, I was just looking to confirm, and I did confirm that uh, UT Chattanooga's starting quarterback is uh, Nick Tiano, who actually started his career at Mississippi State um, and played there for two seasons before um, getting beat out by Nick Fitzgerald um, in the 2016 season and then transferred to UT Chattanooga to play there. So got a guy with some SEC experience and, you know, UT Chattanooga's had some success, you know, the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. I've been a pretty decent program. So, um, you know, definitely not like the easiest FCS team to play, but it is still an FCS team. And, uh, you know, as we mentioned on the uh, recap from week two, Tennessee's offensive line did look better in week two. 
looks like they're finally starting to figure some things out and they're a really talented group, but just a young group. And, you know, they're obviously going to get better as the season goes on. They got a good stable of running backs. And um, I just think they're going to have a pretty big day on offense and uh, finally get that first win of the season. They did everything but win the game against BYU. They obviously had that mental error where the guy went for 75 yards. But, I mean, they, they look like they should have won the game through almost four quarters, I would say, like at least three and a half quarters. I mean, there was there were some points left on the field by Garantano, but other than that, um, they played pretty well against BYU. And BYU is probably not a not as bad as we all think they are. I think they're a lot better than people think they are. No, definitely. I mean, BYU does not get a lot of credit. I mean, they're a very physical team, very disciplined team, and you know, definitely not an easy opponent. Um, and I mean, just looking at the line this week, I mean, they're playing USC, and they're like only a two and a half point underdog, I believe. So. I mean, that definitely goes to show you what people think about BYU. And not that USC is awesome or anything, but, you know, they're definitely not a pushover. And, yeah, they were really fortunate to win that game last week. And, you know, it really sucks uh, for Tennessee that that happened. But, you know, you just got to move on. And, you know, hey, I mean, I'm just going to say this like every week. But, you know, they they got 10 more games to play. And uh, they're going to have – you know, they're going to play them whether, you know, it doesn't matter what happens. I mean, they're they're still going to play those games. So, might as well, um, you know, just keep staying positive and trying to move forward. And, you know, as bad as it was last week, it was a step forward. And maybe they can take another step forward this week. I think that's probably what Pruitt's speech is, except for it's a little more, a little more country, a little more southern. And I think, I think Pruitt's a custer. I bet she's a custer in the locker room. Oh, I bet you that. I bet you that he is. Yeah. I just wonder that, like, um, like they have like the post game meals and stuff. Like, how many of the vegetables he's not familiar with? He's like, oh, I gotta stay away from these vegetables. I don't even know how to pronounce this shit. <laughs> <laughs> asparagus. What is that? Have y'all ever had any of this red asparagus? Coke. Coke. That's a that's an apple. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Oh, I mean, yeah. Jerry Pruitt has definitely got the the country accent going on big time. And it's just funny because, like, you know, when they're losing, it makes it even funnier because he just sounds so dumb. Like, yeah, like the whole, the whole, like, yeah, it's kind of like, kind of like we're on the Titanic right now. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, oh man, that is not the that that is not the analogy you want to use. <laughs> yeah, we're our our team's like on a sinking ship, but like, don't worry, we're gonna, we're gonna float. We're gonna be like a rose and survive this shit. We're gonna float, float over here. We're gonna float to the sea. So, the Tennessee River, <laughs> yeah. But uh, is uh, a couple of questions here. Is Pruitt the most quotable coach out of the last three coaches um, after Fulmer here with uh, Pruitt, Butch Jones, and Derek Dooley, or is it still Butch Jones? I don't know. It's definitely still Butch Jones. I mean, I don't know. Like, if you can beat some of the stuff that he said. You know, I mean, the Champions of Life is still a thing. I mean, people still talk about that, um, you know. But uh, you, one thing about Bush Jones, though, is, I mean, at least when he played bad teams, they usually um, – especially, like, Big Ten teams. I don't know if you remember that. But it seemed like every time Tennessee played a Big Ten team, they were just murdering. Especially the bowl games, yeah. Um, you think you think Bush is getting uh, getting water at the water cooler and, and telling, telling the interns with him that, like, hey, you know – we used to be champions of life in Knoxville. He's probably, well, he's probably like watching this season, like laughing, yeah. thinking like, you know, Why is he- wow. Like, 
But you know who's really enjoying this season, though, is Greg Schiano. You know Greg Schiano's enjoying this. Yeah. But, yeah, if, I don't I don't think fans are serious about Fulmer coaching or thinking that he's going to coach. But, like, they, they keep saying it enough to where I like, almost want to believe him now. Oh, no, I believe it. I, like, I'm – Honestly, like if they lose to Chattanooga this week, I fully expect Phil Former to be the coach for the Florida game. Yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be fine. That's something. Honestly, like Tennessee, no matter who they play, like they're they're all, honestly might be the most entertaining team in the SEC because it's it's so dramatic, like the whole thing, and like watching it live on Twitter, especially from our account because I feel like we follow enough SEC fans where everybody's just talking shit about it. Tennessee fans are like ready to fire their coach after like one or two quarters, and it's just it's fun to watch. I think all it all go down. Oh, yeah, definitely. Quick question here. Um, since Tennessee should beat Chattanooga by a lot this week, do you think there's a chance we see the backup quarterback from Tennessee? And I don't even know who it is, but I know there's – according to uh, JB, there's two decent backup quarterbacks. Or they're, one's a three-star, one's a four-star. So, I'm not saying they're great. Uh, Garantano was a four or five – I don't think it was a five-star, but I think it was, it was a highly rated four-star. So, the other guys aren't as talented coming in. But I'm wondering here if there's a chance that they're, either one of them is – are going to get some playing time here. And as a coach, you think that's kind of playing with fire because if one of those backups come in and actually does really well, then the fans have something they know and have seen how good a backup quarterback is when Garantano does bad again. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, You know, first of all, I mean, the backup quarterbacks, you know, the backup quarterbacks are always good on a bad team. You know what I mean? If you're on a bad team, the backup quarterback's always good. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I definitely think that Pruitt's going to try to get those quarterbacks in the game this week. Hopefully the game is in hand and they're out and he's able to bring them in. And honestly, if it's not in hand, he may still bring them in. I mean, uh, you know, Garantano has definitely not played great these first couple games, but, you know, it's a new offense for him. It's a new, you know, obviously offense coordinator, young offensive line, you know, so I mean, put all the scenes together and, you know, it's kind of hard to put all the blame on him. Um, that's just for me personally. I mean, we've seen what he's capable of, and we know how good those receivers are. Um, you know, I mean, obviously it's really easy for me to sit here and say they need to give him more time, but, you know, they're 0-2 with two pretty bad losses, and he hasn't played great. So, I mean, maybe it is time to get someone else in the game, but I definitely think that either way, uh, those backups are going to – at least one of them is going to get in the game against Chattanooga. It will be interesting to watch. It is on SEC Network at <clears> – <throat> 11 a.m. Uh, they too get some, you know, other teams, surprisingly or not, get 11 a.m. games besides Alabama and SEC. I don't know if everybody believes that, that people might think it's just Alabama, but other teams do play at 11 a.m. besides Alabama. Yeah, that is true. Um, fortunately, uh, Mississippi State is often playing at 11 a.m. It's a very comfortable time slot for, for the dogs. It is. Before we talk about them, let's talk about some, uh, not to offend you, Hope, but some, uh, I guess there's supposed to be more marquee games than that game, um, although that is an out-of-conference Power 5 team that they're playing from the Big 12. Um, let's talk about this Alabama-South Carolina game. When's the last time Alabama played South Carolina Hulk? Um, Let's see. Well, I know they played them in 2010 because um, they lost to them that year, and uh, our one of our loyal followers, Stephen Garcia, played the game of his career. Um Hold, it's not yeah. your question. That is, in fact, the last time they played them. Okay. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, I wasn't sure if they played them since then, but I don't believe that they have. 
they played him in South Carolina, and I forgot what the I don't know what the line was at the, that time, but Alabama was definitely favored. Uh, will you let your your emotions get the best of you and pick South Carolina to win this game or at least cover against Alabama? Um, no, I will not pick South Carolina to cover this game. Um, look, it is at home, and you know I. Did kind of like South Carolina coming into the season. I hate to say it. Um, I think you can just pretty much wait for me to pick my SEC East team that's going to surprise and just bet against them because yeah. this has happened. But, um, you know, I think Alabama's probably going to win this game pretty easily. Um, the running game has really not been going, and Saban's been kind of complaining about it all week. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if they came out and just ran for like 400 yards in this game. And obviously, two is going to do what he does. So, um, I would not be surprised at all if Alabama won this game, like you know, fifty-six to three or something like that. Let's just have a little fun with this for a second, Holt. If South Carolina did, for whatever miraculous reason, beat Alabama here, would Columbia, South Carolina, be the most fun place to be that night in the U.S.? Uh yeah, I would definitely say that. I would definitely say that. Um, you know. Not only would, you know, they have beaten Alabama, but, you know, obviously they have a freshman quarterback, Ryan Holinsky, and that probably means that he would have had a huge game. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, you'd be looking at a situation where you just beat, you know, the best team of our, you know, I guess generation here um, at home in a big home game, and your freshman quarterback is, you know, is really highly recruited as playing like a beast and, um, you know, three more years that that's to look forward to. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely think that uh, Columbia would be probably the most fun place to be if they were able to uh, pull the upset on Saturday. Should we expect to see Will Muschamp at the Pratt House doing keg stands after that? Because he he is now guaranteed another year or two. <laughs> uh, I'm not really sure how uh, Will Muschamp likes to celebrate. I mean, hold on. Um, you, you look at Will Muschamp. He looks like a good old boy that likes to get down. Yeah, he definitely seems like a beer drinker to me. Yeah, like that um, gut, that gut. I would definitely, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Definitely looks like a beer drinker to me. Um, I don't know if he's a Miller Lite guy. Or he doesn't strike me as like an IPA type guy. Uh, he strikes me as probably like a probably like a Bud Heavy or yeah. uh, maybe like a like a Bush Heavy. I don't think he drinks light beer. Probably like a probably like a Bush Heavy or a, or a Bud Heavy. I'm not sure. Could you see him drinking like a forty ounce, just like straight from the can? I mean, I guess so. That's what I think. Also, um, I'm not. Re- I'm not really sure how to answer that. I, that's, I, I guess. I mean, I guess. I guess technically, yes. See that. I just picture that, and I, I picture. <laughs> I just wonder what he says, like when his wife picks up the white claw and like asks him if he wants any. <laughs> Um, it probably looks pretty familiar to that gif of him at Florida when he's like uh, showing like his teeth at that player. I don't know if if, if everybody knows what I'm talking about or not. I think but so. If it you was, Google like Will Muschamp gif, it's like one of the first ones. It's it's funny because I I don't know if he got more mad that time or if um, McElwain got more mad against his running back against Ole Miss. I think it was. I forgot who the running back was, but it was 
it was running back in that, that his name uh, slips me, but he got up into that man's grill. And it was a couple, it was actually that year they went to the SEC championship. They did pretty well and they beat Ole Miss, I think. I think it was Ole Miss, but I guess you don't know what I'm talking about. So now I, I, it sounds crazy. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. I'm not, I don't remember. Oh, so it's Alabama's Sorry. game. You're, you're telling me that Alabama's just going to run it down their throat. So you're, are you expecting to see my boy Najee Harris, my breakout player for the second year in a row? run for 200 yards against South Carolina? I mean, I just get that vibe. I mean, you know, Saban has been complaining all week about the running game. And, you know, part of me feels like he did something to sabotage the running game last week just so he could complain this week. Um, I don't know why I think that, but I just – I don't know. Sometimes I think that, like, Saban purposely does something wrong just so he can complain (laughs) about it and, um, you know, give his team something to talk about or to improve on. Um, so I, I just kind of get the vibe they're going to come out and like really run the ball this week and, um, really just have a, a really big game. And, you know, obviously we know what Saban does against his former assistants. And, you know, I feel like that the stat is maybe a little bit like overblown because Nick Saban pretty much dominates everybody, whether they used to coach for him or not. Um, but I just, I really just feel like Saban knows exactly what Urban or what, uh, Wilma Shamp's going to try to do. And, um, I, I just, I mean, I just feel like Alabama's going to have a huge this one pretty easily. Alabama, I feel like now and maybe for the future is more of a running back by committee than just a dominant running back. I mean, they have dominating running backs, but even last year they had two really good ones and then Najee Harris, and they still did like a running back by committee just because I guess they had a lot, a lot of good running backs. But I just don't think they have – it in them to give running back 30 carries or 25 carries a game and let him go off for 150 yards. Yeah. I mean, aside from that one year with Derrick Henry, um, yeah. they've pretty much had a running back by committee every year, but I mean, you've had, you've seen like two really good running backs at a time. I mean, they had, you know, they had Ingram and Richardson and then they had Richardson and uh, was it Lacey? And then they had, you know, Lacey and whoever the next guy was. And or I think it was, was it like, was it late? I think it was Lacey and Yeldon. <laughs> And then it was yeah. like, then it was Yeldon and Henry, and then it was just Henry, you know. And then I think Damian Harris was after that. So, you know, it's pretty much they've always had. All of them bow down to Colin Hill, though, right? I uh, know I wouldn't go that far. I do, I do love Colin Hill, and I think he's a beast, but I'm not quite ready to put him up there with those Alvin running backs quite yet. Before we switch the Mississippi State Kansas State game, Holt, um, one thing I want to comment on is how concerned I am for Ryan Helensky in this game, just because I feel like he does have a lot of false confidence or fool's gold because of the game last week when they scored like 70 points against whoever the FCS team was they played. Um, so I think he, he has a lot of confidence, but they hasn't played a real real defense yet and definitely not Alabama defense. So I just think a freshman quarterback is about to be rattled against Alabama's defense. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I just – I mean – Maybe, like, you could make an argument. I mean, this is kind of the argument I used for Bo Nix against Oregon, which is, like, you know, it, it, on one hand, like, he's a freshman and, you you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. But at the same time, I mean, you got a defense that, like, hasn't really been able to prepare for him because they have no idea what he's comfortable doing and what he's capable of. You know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, I definitely think the advantage goes to Alabama. But, I mean, maybe you could make an argument that, the freshman quarterback without a lot of game experience is kind of an advantage because Saban hasn't really had time to, you know, 
doesn't have an opportunity to look at his film and kind of dissect what he's capable of and um, how they're going to use him in this offense. So, um, you know, maybe they could do a few things that Alabama's not prepared for and uh, maybe surprise them a little bit, but they're not going to be able to do enough to keep up with Alabama's offense. I mean, I think that's probably pretty safe uh, to say. And, um, you know, I could definitely see Helensky making some really critical mistakes in this game and maybe turning the ball over a few times. So, um, you know, I'm sure once he starts to feel the heat and gets hit a few times, he's going to kind of get happy feedback there. And, you know, that's just sort of how I feel. And, you know, I just, as I've stated about three times already, I think Alabama's going to win this game pretty handily. I, I guess I'll take your word for it, Hope. What, what can you tell me, Holt, about Kansas State? All I know is a 2-0, and they have had two really easy big wins um, against not great teams, but still, I mean, you still want to see your team blow out even inferior opponents because a lot of teams have trouble with that. Yeah, I mean, they've played really well each of the first two games. I mean, you know, as you said, they haven't really played anyone any good, but, you know, they've, you know, they've won those games handily, which is what you want to see. And, um, you know, they – I think they're they're averaging like 50 points a game right now and uh, only allowing seven points. So um, I know it's only two games, but I was going their opponents by an average of 50.5 to seven. Um, you know, they've rushed for um, an average of 347 yards between those two games. So they're pretty much just dominating uh, the lines of scrimmage, and um, that's definitely something to you know to watch out for because Mississippi State has not played great against the run so far this season. Um, you know, obviously, State went over to Manhattan last year, won pretty handily. Uh, 31 to 10 was the final score in that game. But, you know, obviously, Mississippi State lost a lot off that defense last year. And the offense is kind of uh, looks like it's taking a big step forward in year two. So, you know, it's definitely something to watch out for. And um, But as far as Kansas State is concerned, I mean, they have a new coach, um, you know, from North Dakota State. And uh, it's, he's in his first year. Bill Schneider, obviously, retiring last year. Um, really good hire, I think, for Kansas State. And, um, you know, runs a kind of a unique offense and um, should be interesting to see how that plays in the Big 12. And, uh, you know, obviously, those Bill Schneider recruits are going to be very full. And um, that's kind of what was like his brand was a lot of under-recruited guys, maybe not the fastest, but just like some really big physical guys who are going to, um, you know, be intelligent and make the right decisions and things like that. So uh, they've been developed well. They're a very physical team. And uh, it's definitely going to be, uh, especially the the offense is going to be a challenge, I think, for that Mississippi State defensive line. This game is going to be at 11 a.m. Game time temperature is going to be 94 degrees. Hold no relief in Starkville. Are you going to make it to this game and sweat your ass off? Uh, no, I will be watching this game from home. Um, I do not plan on they, going to Starville until next weekend when they play Kentucky. And I will be sweating myself at that game because that is a 3 o'clock kick, I believe. I don't know, probably. Why, they? I just saw on Twitter that they switched out the blackout game to Abilene Christian. From yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a smart move. Nobody wants to be wearing all black when it's a thousand degrees outside. You know, it just doesn't seem very smart. Yeah, I didn't look into the game times, but I guess that makes sense. I thought it was more to do like with jinxing yourself against a better opponent. Like you want to make sure you win the blackout game. 
Um, no, I don't think that was the reason. Um, I just think it had to do with the weather. Um, and that they switched to Devlin Christian just because, you know, that was the game that they kind of knew that if they're going to do a gimmick, they should do it for that one, I guess. Florida, Kentucky, Holt. Besides the last year, I think Florida's won the last, like, 32 years in a row, something crazy like that. Felipe Franks had a good first two games of the year. Can he continue that against Kentucky at Kentucky, or is this where we start to see – Felipe Franks be the Felipe Franks we all know and love to not love? <laughs> um, you know, that's a really good question. Um, you know, Kentucky hasn't really been challenged to this point. Uh, they've won each of their first two games pretty easily. Um, I mean, easily for Kentucky standards, I guess I should say. Um, and obviously Terry Wilson's out for this game. Um, you know, fourth season I picked uh, Kentucky to win this game, and I still think they have a decent shot to. Um, I just don't know, you know, I'm more worried about um, Kentucky's offense against Florida's defense. Um, I don't necessarily expect Felipe Franks to have like a big game or anything, but, you know, they do have some really talented receivers and they've been able to run the ball pretty well so far this season. So, um, you know, I just look for Florida to get that running game going and get those receivers involved. I don't necessarily think that Felipe is going to be asked to do a whole, whole lot because I think that, uh, Mullen knows that his defense is probably going to be able to win him this game. So just look for Felipe to, uh, you know, keep it simple and not hopefully not try to force too many throws. Um, Cause if he does, then it could be a, uh, you know, it could be a long game because we all know what happens when Felipe starts trying to turn it loose. What can you tell me about Kentucky's backup quarterback? Uh, Sawyer Smith is all I know. He's a junior from Florida, six three two nineteen. but that's just me reading off numbers. Um, he was five for nine against uh, the last team they played, which I can't even think of their team, uh, Eastern Michigan, who, who it was. Um, two touchdowns, though, five for nine. Do you know anything about him, Holt? Or, I mean, are you more optimistic? I mean, maybe he can throw the ball better than Terry Wilson because Terry Wilson, that was one thing we always said is that he couldn't throw the ball. Yeah, and I mean, it's definitely kind of a tough loss for Kentucky. I think uh, Terry Wilson um, was – primed to take a kind of step forward this season. And he had played really well those first two games um, or the first game and a half before he was injured. And as far as Sawyer Smith goes, uh, I mean, I can just tell you that I remember a little bit when he was getting recruited in high school, he's a pretty athletic guy, a little bit more athletic than you might think. Uh, was a pretty good baseball player as well. Um, was a little bit of a MLB prospect, I believe. So uh, pretty dual sport athlete. Um, definitely prefer those type of guys, um, you know, cause He's just, you know, just got a little bit uh, extra. I think it just adds a little bit extra to his game and uh, allows him to improvise a little bit, a little bit better. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I think it was a solid pickup for Kentucky, a little transferred. Not a lot of people talked about it, but, um, you know, obviously he transferred from Troy and Neil Brown after he left. So um, got some experience in a offense that's used to throwing the ball. And, um, you know, I mean, that's pretty much uh, – all I have on him, but, uh, you know, it should be interesting to see how he plays this weekend. Tiger Nathan is going to be blitzing him like crazy. And, um, you know, hopefully they're able to create some big plays in the passing game. Definitely got to get uh, Lynn Bowden involved. And, um, you know, hopefully they're able to do that and uh, hit some big plays against Florida because, you know, if you're going to be a Tiger Anthem defense, I always say you're going to have a big plays. So um, we'll see if they're able to do that on Saturday.
I know Florida probably is going to want a little bit of revenge from last year, but other than that, they don't really take this game as seriously. I should say their fans don't think of it as a you know big game. But on the other end of the spectrum, Kentucky thinks is like this is basically like their Super Bowl. I mean, Kentucky likes playing like big SEC teams like Tennessee and Georgia, I think as well. But for some reason, I feel like they really, really like playing Florida. They get up for Florida. I mean, I think they do the same for Tennessee because Tennessee, they Tennessee always gets in trouble too. But this one is a big ticket hold. This one, you can get tickets as low as one thirteen. And let's compare that to the uh, Mississippi State Kansas State game, which should be a uh, Good matchup to, between two Power Five out of conference teams, um, but you can get tickets as low as two dollars. But I don't know if I believe that, but I think it's still a lot lower than the Florida Kentucky game. Yep, uh, definitely a solid matchup up in uh, Lexington, and um, you know, obviously the Kentucky fans are really excited for this one, and for good reason. Um, you know, after the season they had last year, uh, really surprising a lot of people. Um, it's good to see. I mean, it's good to see their fans supporting them and. Um, Hopefully they'll be able to create a really hostile environment for uh, for Dan Mullen's squad, and um, you know they're going to need it because I think this is going to be more of a low scoring defensive game, and um, you know obviously it's going to come down to a lot of those third downs when the crowd really gets into the game, and it's going to come down to red zone possessions and who's able to get the ball in the end zone and who's able to force field goals because uh, I don't think there's going to I don't think either team is going to be in the red zone a lot, so I think probably those are the two things this game's going to come down to. Mark Stoops had a pretty good year last year. I think this is where we'll find out how good of a coach he can be because I think I think most people think he's a decent to good coach. But, I mean, I don't think anybody's thinking he's a great coach. But if he can sustain success at Kentucky and winning games like this against Florida, um, this is when we'll find out like if he can be good as old brother Bob. Right. I mean, you pretty much hit it on the head right there. I mean, last year was kind of the peak season. Um, now it's just time to see, like, um, when they take that step back. Because I think they will, you know, they are taking a step back this year, but the question is how big of a step back. And now without the quarterback, um, Terry Wilson, um, having to play the backup, you know, we're really out what uh, Mark Stoops is made of, not just this week, but just kind of the rest of the season. I mean, uh, I think if they have, if they get to like eight and four or something like that, then I think you really have to give Mark Stoops a lot of credit, um, you know. And hopefully they're not falling back to like five and seven or something like that. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of not so much this week. I mean, this week will definitely be like a good litmus test for him. But I think over the course of the season, you know, we're really going to see what Bob Suits is made of as a coach. And is he, you know, is he one of those coaches that just kind of has to build to that one good year every four or five years? Or is he the kind of coach that can be competitive on a yearly basis? For sure. The only other SEC game that could be in contention is the Colorado State-Arkansas game. Arkansas is favored by nine and a half, but I just don't have the most confidence in Arkansas to cover against the spread. Um, They lost to Colorado State last year. This one is in Fayetteville, um, and Colorado State didn't look great, but they didn't look horrible against Colorado earlier, and Colorado is now like 2-0 because they beat Nebraska last week in overtime. Um, and Arkansas definitely didn't look good against Ole Miss, and they struggled against uh, Portland State at home to start the year. This one's this one I would um, honestly might pick um, Colorado State to cover, and that's not to say we hate um, Arkansas because I know everybody thinks we do, but um, it's just the state of state of where, where they're at right now. Yeah, we don't hate Arkansas. We just think that their football team's not any good. 
Oh, um, who should hold on before we get into the analysis? Who should the quarterback be? Let let everybody know who the quarterback should be. Yeah, well, as I said on the last podcast, I think it's pretty obvious that at least in the games, Nick Nick Starkwell has been significantly better than Hicks. Um, you know, I know Hicks has with the offense and all that stuff, but let's be real. I mean, when he played at SMU, it's not like he was an all conference player, you know, over there. I mean, he was pretty pedestrian and that's pretty much what he's been at Arkansas as well. And, you know, Starkle definitely, you know, has not lit the world on fire by any means, but, you know, he's a big dude, um, got a good arm and he played pretty well against Ole Miss last week. I just, I think he's to be the guy. I think they need to let him be the starter and I think they need to let him go play the whole game and um, not use picks unless they have to. Do you think the Arkansas fans are up in the air about who the starter should be, or do you think more think Starkville should be the quarterback? I mean, from what I've seen, it seems like most of them think that Starkville should be the guy, but, you know, I, I mean, I haven't really paid too close attention to Arkansas Twitter. This is just kind of my opinion. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing that I was saying, too, after the Ole Miss game is they really got to get their, he's their best player on offense, and um, I mean, I know other teams are keying in on him a little bit, but, you know, I think they they really got to find ways to uh, to get him going in the running game because, you know, once they do that, then it should open up a lot more in the passing game for him. The other games in the SEC, Georgia, Arkansas State, that's a win for Georgia. Ole Miss, Southeastern Louisiana, that's a win for Ole Miss. Auburn, Kent State, that's a win for Auburn. LSU against Northwestern State, that's a win LSU. Missouri, Southeastern Missouri State, those are all wins for the um, – home team and I forgot to mention A&M Lamar these are all wins for the SEC home team here is there any of those games that you want to talk about or are you going to take naps in all of them no I mean I'll just give you like something really quick on each of them I mean I guess for Georgia you know you just want to see the defense um, kind of continue to dominate obviously they gave six points to Vanderbilt 17 to Murray State um, you know I, I have some questions about that defense personally Arkansas State is Why? not a because I question about Georgia's defense. They look good to me. Um, well, first of all, I don't even think I could name one dude on Georgia's defense. So that's one well, problem. We, we we discussed that. We discussed that earlier. But you just know they're good for five star talent. I mean, they, they haven't played anybody great. Oh, they played Vanderbilt and Murray State, but they only gave up six points to Vanderbilt and 17 points to Murray. I don't know if you're mad because they, they let Murray cover the spread against them or what, but our, uh, Georgia's defense is good. All right, uh, noted. Um, I would like to see Georgia's defense play a little bit better. Um, I would like to see um, – you know, Arkansas State is not a terrible team. Um, no. They are usually pretty competitive. and They win their conference pretty regularly. Uh, they've had some really good coaches in the past. Um, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sold on Georgia's defense quite yet this year. Um, I mean, obviously we're not going to really know anything for a while until they play someone with a pulse offensively. Um, but I am – you know, I'm not like – I think the defense is average to slightly above average. Um, I don't think they're a great unit um, right now, but that's just my opinion, obviously. Um, then, uh, you know, looking at Louisiana and Ole Miss, I mean, for Ole Miss, obviously coming off that big one last – you know, you just want to see the defense the same as Georgia. I mean, you want to see the defense continue to get better. You want to see Matt Corral um, find some more consistency in the passing game. And uh, one thing that I would like to see is I'd really like to see um, Jerry and Ely get going, the, the true freshman running back. He's been kind of held in check these first two weeks. Hasn't gotten a ton of carries, but, 
has really been held in check these first two weeks. I would like to see him uh, have a big game in this one, and I want to see Corral uh, get that completion percentage up. Um, you know, obviously we talked about Colorado State, Arkansas, uh, you know, Kent State, Auburn. I think for Auburn, they just – they really got to get the running game going. That's kind of been the theme. Um, they didn't really run the ball that great last week against Tulane. Uh, Booby Willow had one big run, and other than that, they were kind of held in check. So, um, they definitely like to see that running game get going uh, in Auburn. Uh, Texas A&M Lamar, I mean, for Lamar, um, you know, they don't really have much of a chance in this game. Um, hopefully they can keep it within the 43.5 points. Uh, Texas A&M coming off a rough loss at Clemson last week. Um, you know, the offense was, was really not good. Um, I think you just want to see in this game, you just really want to see uh, Kellen Mond get back on track. You want to see him come out and, uh, put this game away early, and hopefully he won't even have to play in the second half of this one. I think that's kind of the goal, uh, come out, throw the ball well. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to come out throwing the ball. I don't think they're going to come out running it. And, uh, you know, obviously with Corbin after the season, uh, you want to get some of those backup running backs some experience and um, get those, get a few of those guys involved and see which one uh, is going to be your lead back going forward because um, that's obviously a huge question mark for Texas A&M. And then for LSU – you know, I don't really have anything for LSU. I mean, honestly, I think you've pretty much seen everything. Um, continue that, know, I, race, I, right? W- right. I uh, continue to put up big numbers for Joe Burrow. Um, you know, one thing I would like to see is uh, pretty similar to Ole Miss, I guess. I would like to see John Emery get involved a little bit. He hasn't played too much early in the season. Edward Tulare has pretty much been the featured back for him. Um, so I'd like to see some of those young running backs uh, get an opportunity and uh, put up some big numbers and uh, get, get some game experience before we head into SEC play. And then for Missouri, um, I just want to see that defense dominate again. Uh, they completely dominated West Virginia last week, especially the first half. Um, we're able to force turnovers. And, uh, I mean, West Virginia didn't try to run the ball too much, but they stopped the run, forced turnovers. Um, you'd like to see some more of that this week in Southeast Missouri State because that defense is definitely the biggest question mark for Missouri this year. You know, you mentioned John Emery. I forgot about him completely just because Joe Burrow's done so well this year. And I forgot, like, he was, I think, the number two running back coming in uh, to, to the year for, or excuse me, number two freshman running back or number number two class of 2019 running back. Um, and we haven't seen too much because Burrow's just done so well. Um, but, yeah, I would like to see him have a breakout performance as well. Um, is there anything worse, Holt, than – watching your football team play in a year when you know you can't go to a bowl game similar to Missouri this year? No, I don't think so. I mean, honestly, like, that's what I don't understand. It's like people, like, um, when players sit out bowl games, are all like, oh, well, bowl games don't matter anyway. And then, like, um, but then, like, when teams are playing without, like, on bowl restrictions or whatever, people are like, oh, well, they don't care about the season because they're going to go to a bowl game. It's like, well, I thought bowl games didn't matter. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's tough to, to, it's tough to keep track. Um, I think you love college football either way, and you want your team to win either way. And, I mean, look, if unless you're, like, competing for a playoff spot or, like, a New Year's Six bowl game, um, I don't think people are going to be too upset about missing a bowl game one year, um, especially, you know, I mean, if the team is playing well, then that's great. Um, I, You know, I'm pretty sure, like, you would rather your team go, like, 9-3, and 10-2 and two and miss a bowl game than go 6-6 six and six or 5-7 and seven and, like, back into, like, a bowl game, like, you know, because of your APR ranking or whatever, like – um, you know, I'm pretty sure you'd just rather have a good team, but you know, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Missouri fans are 
you know, don't care about this season because of that. I mean, they still haven't even started SEC play yet. And, you know, I think it's still on the table for them to be competitive in the East this year. They still have the big rivalry game against Arkansas at the end of the year. Yeah, that's right. Biggest game of the year. (laughs) Biggest game in college football season. Right. Um, Can you tell me, out of all of these games in SEC, Holt, which player is going to have a breakout performance? Not named Tua or somebody obvious like that. Um, well, I feel like I just gave you two pretty good names with the two freshman running backs at Ole Miss and LSU, John Emery and Jerry Neely. I think both of those two guys could have a, a breakout performance. Um, man, that's a good question. Um, I know you're not prepared for it. So it's I'm trying to, trying to think of someone like off the radar a little bit. Um, See, I would oh, say through the games. I would say, yeah, you would go ahead. No, you go ahead. What I was gonna say is continuing from last week, I expect uh, Eric Gray from Tennessee to have a good game. Uh, he didn't have more rushing yards than Chai Chandler, the starting running back, but Eric Gray looked really good against uh BYU last weekend. I expect him, hopefully, in a blowout win against Chattanooga to get a lot more carries than Ty Chandler and expect him to have over 100 yards running the ball. All right, well, I'll go off the radar a little bit. Um, he had a decent game last week, but I'm going to go with Trey Knox at Arkansas. I think with Starkle, I think because I think Starkle is going to play more this week, I think getting uh, Trey Knox involved in the passing game is going to be huge. He's obviously a really highly recruited freshman. You know, I think he had a pretty decent game against Ole Miss last week, but um, I think he's going to have a huge game against Colorado State this week. You expect – I guess I'm going to have to rephrase this because it's kind of obvious – out of like the marquee matchups here, which we're going to define as Kansas State, Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina, Colorado State, Arkansas, and Florida and Kentucky. Besides Alabama, which defense do you think is going to show up the most? Uh, who are my options again? Go over that one more time. The marquee matchup. So Florida, Kentucky, um, Alabama, South Carolina, Colorado State, Arkansas, Kansas State, Mississippi State. Like, which defense do I think is going to show up? Besides Alabama. Um, none of them. I mean, I guess it could be none of them if you think I mean, that's scoring. I think the easy answer. Uh, I mean, maybe it's – I'm sorry, what? The easy answer might be Florida, right, against Kentucky, against a backup quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that. Um you know, but I also really like Kentucky's running backs, but I don't think Ty Grantham's going to really let them run the ball. I think if, if Kentucky's going to be Florida, they're going to have to throw the ball down the field. Like, as a, I mean, yeah, that's definitely one. Um, you know, I don't really know. Maybe Tennessee will have a good defensive performance this week. So, I don't know. That wasn't in the options, but thanks for playing anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I – all right, so I thought you were saying outside the marquee matchups. That's no, why I was confused. I was no, like, no, no. no, that's why I was saying like out of the marquee matchups. But it's okay. We can we can move along. Um, all right, so I think that's all the SEC games. Hold. There's some uh, national games we talked about earlier. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about any more specifically, but I was just gonna go straight to the uh, pick 'em, which I'm not sure which games we were supposed to pick. So I can just go off of uh, go off of the schedule here to see which games we want to pick. Unless you have them written down. Well, don't you have JB's picks written down? I do, but I'm not sure if it's going to work. I can look at it. Hold on. Give me a second. 
All right, I think we're still working out here. This um, is great radio. This is. This is. I think it's still working. All right. It's still going to work. So we're, I'll just go with the uh, matchups. And I have JB's picks here, so I'll play JB here. We'll start it off with Mississippi State, Kansas State. Holt. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mississippi State in this one. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than uh, Mississippi State fans want it to be because I think Kansas State's going to run the ball pretty well and um, control the clock and keep it close. But I still like Mississippi State to create some big plays in this one. Hopefully, Tommy Stevens is actually not um, for sure going to play. He's kind of questionable right now. So, uh, I think Tommy Stevens plays. Uh, they win maybe a little bit easier. But if he doesn't play, I think this, you know, is a toss-up. I'm just going to read off JB's picks because um, it's easier for me to do that. So he picked Mississippi State as well. So I guess you're the homer your whole picking Mississippi State. No surprise there. But at least JB's backing you up with uh, with Mississippi State as well. I say that, though, kiddingly, because um, I think you would, you would say that or you would argue that uh, most true Mississippi State fans don't have a lot of confidence in their team. Yeah, for the most part, uh, a lot of pessimistic Mississippi State fans out there for sure. Alabama, South Carolina, Holt, who do you got? Yeah, I think I might have to go with Alabama in this one. Easy one, right? But, I mean, you got to let your emotions get the best of you and pick South Carolina, I thought. I guess nope, not. Not today. Uh, JB's likewise is going to pick Alabama. Florida, Kentucky, Holt. And I do recall you did pick Kentucky in the uh, previews earlier this year, but you do reserve the right to change your mind. Yep, I did, and I'm going to have to go Florida in this one. Um, I'm just really concerned about, uh, you know, I mean, I pretty much already talked about it, but, you know, obviously Kentucky's got to make some big plays the past game to beat Florida, and I don't think they're going to. Um, I think Florida is going to be able to move the ball a little bit easier than Kentucky is, and um, this game's going to come down to whether or not Kentucky can create big plays, which team wins on third down, and which team wins in the red zone. I mean, I feel like that's most games, but – um, that's where I'm at with this one. Jebby likewise picked Florida, so no separation yet. Let's try to get, create some separation here. Holt, Texas Tech at Arizona. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Texas Tech in this one. Um, Arizona is kind of over. And I do really like Texas Tech's coach. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to be, like, completely ready to play this year. Um, like where he, you know, where they're going to be in the future. Cause you know, obviously that was a bad situation with uh, Cliff Kingsbury last year, but uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go Texas Tech in this one. There's our first separation because JV did pick Arizona. It's out of Arizona and Arizona does have a high powered offense despite them not stopping him by from scoring. They do have a really good offense, top 10 offense in the country. I do believe. Um, quick question, Holt. Do you think the Arizona coach – or not not Arizona coach, the Texas Tech coach now is better than Cliff Kingsbury? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> How in the world does Cliff Kingsbury have an NFL job? Oh, that is the question I'll never understand. Yeah. Well, he does not have a loss yet. Oh, uh, yep, you're right. I was about to correct you, but you are, in fact, right. Uh, Virginia, Florida State, Holt. Man. I mean, I have to go with Virginia. I mean, just the way that Florida State's played so far has just been so uninspiring. Um, they've been getting absolutely killed in the second half. Um, you know, Virginia is a little bit of an underrated team this year. Um, you know, I, 
I want to say Florida State's going to turn it around this year, but I'm just not really sure I believe it. I think that it's just kind of a bad situation right now, and I'm going to have to go with Virginia. I like Rocco Mendenhall as the coach. You know, he um, he had a he did a pretty decent job at BYU, but you never really notice it because it's it's BYU is like a special type of job. It's like an it's independent, and it's just you have to recruit special type of players to go to BYU. So it's kind of hard. It's hard there, and it's not it's not the easiest job to win a national championship, and you certainly can't win a conference championship there. So it's tough. So him moving to Virginia is kind of a questionable move, but he's done pretty well at Virginia turning it around. So I kind of like him a lot now. Um, and nobody really talks about him as much. Um, but I say that all to say that Virginia, Virginia is what JB picked as well. So no separation there. Iowa, Iowa State hold. Oh, man. It's um, Iowa State, too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Iowa State in this one. Um, I do believe I'm going to create some separation with JB because he, like, for some reason is obsessed with Iowa. Um, Iowa is favored in this game by two and a half. But you know what? It's at Iowa State. Um, Iowa State had a had a rough first game um, against Northern Iowa, and I think a lot of people are down on them. But game day is going to be there, I believe. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, so it should be really exciting uh, crowd. And, you know, you don't just walk into Ames, Iowa, and, uh, you know, walk away with a victory. Uh, that's a tough place to play. I've actually been to Ames, Iowa, believe it or not. I've actually been on that campus before and seen the stadium game day. But uh, pretty cool uh, environment there. You know, they love their football out there. Um Iowa got kind of a cheap one last year. Um, you know, definitely should have lost that game. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, Iowa State in this one. Are you sure you're not going to be the special guest picker on game day this week? Um, I don't want to give anything away. Um, you know, I know game day has been reaching out to us for a while, trying to uh, get some uh, get some advice from us. But, uh, you know, we're just going to we're just going to leave that. Is okay. a big question mark for right now. I'm not saying I'm Batman, but I what's it? What's it? You never seen me and Batman in the same room, right? That's the same thing. Um, USC BYU hold. This is a. I feel like this is a trap game. This is a true pick'em game. No, it really is. I mean, obviously, um, BYU coming off of kind of a surprising win. Uh, USC coming off a. Of you know, I mean, very surprising to me win over Stanford. Um, you know, I definitely am a little bit upset with Stanford this year, but that's another story. Um, you know, as far as USC goes, I mean, playing the backup quarterback, but I still think they have a huge talent edge over BYU. And I don't really want to pick USC, but, um, you know, I guess JV picked this game because it was a close line and for a good reason because I really don't know. Uh, but I'm going to have to go with the USC in this one. Yep. JB went with the USC as well. But he did pick Iowa against your Iowa State, so there is another separation game. Last game, Holt, UCF and your beloved Stanford Cardinals. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, I have to go with Stanford in this one. Um, I'm just going to ride with Stanford, like, all the way into the ground. Yeah, dude, do um, it. I really, I really hate it. Um, I really hate that I'm doing it. Um but I'm going to go with Stanford. Um, you know, I think UCF has a pretty exciting offense, and Stanford's offense is pretty boring, but I still enjoy watching all those tight ends and fullbacks and, you know, running the ball like crazy. So uh, I'm going to go with Stanford in this one. Um, you know, obviously UCF has struggled with teams who run the ball in the past, and um, I don't feel great about this one, but I am going to go with Stanford to uh, 
Full full the upset. Uh, surprisingly, they're a seven and a half point underdog, but I'm going to go with Stanford. This one is in Orlando. Um, JB did pick UCF, so there's another separation game. But if I was going to have to pick this game, hold, I would actually ride this one out with you and pick Stanford, uh, just because I think what happened last week with Stanford wasn't um, indicative of who they are. But I'm, it's, I'm, this might be a dumb question: Is Costello still out, or is he out for the season? I don't believe he's out for the season, but I do believe he is out for this game. Yeah, I don't know what their backup is like. So that's the only question mark I have. But um, I think I think Stanford can win this game. Um, are we question? Are we still at the point where we hate UCF as a collective whole for college football? Um, I mean, I'm not really. I've been indifferent about UCF kind of this whole time. I was not a big fan of them declaring themselves national champions, but at the same time, it was pretty funny. Um, and I don't know if they did it like to be serious. So on the if, so maybe like it. it was kind of funny. Um, I don't know, but um, I don't really hate UCF that much. Um, I do think they complain a little bit too much, but you know what? I mean, so does everybody. True. Does Josh Heupel get the credit he deserves? Because if you look at it, I, I don't think he gets as much credit as he does. He obviously went undefeated in the regular season last year, but um, a lot of people would say like that was set up for him based off of what Scott Frost left him with um, – McKenzie as a quarterback still. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it was a good situation for him last year, but you know, he still made the most of it. And, um, you know, we'll see how he looks this year. I mean, obviously we're one year farther away from Scott Frost and one year into Josh Heupel. So, um, you know, I definitely think he's a really good offensive mind. And, you know, Brandon Wimbush has played pretty well these first couple of games. So um, it'll be fun to see. I mean, uh, you know, I'm kind of – you know, I, I'm for me the jury's still out on Josh Heupel. Uh, as far as being a head coach, I do believe in him. Obviously, as offensive coordinator, but um, you know, as a head coach, I think it's still uh, TB, TBD on that. So, uh, you know, I think we'll find out more this weekend. Here is the curveball. Uh, hold, Brandon Woodbush. I don't think is even going to play, or he didn't start against FAU. Um, it was Dylan Gabriel. So I don't, and I don't think he was hurt too. So, like, I don't know. There's a little bit of quarterback controversy there, which is kind of funny if you think about it because they still have Milton, McKenzie, Milton, is that his name, I think, and Daryl Mack from last year. And both of them hurt. And now, like, they just keep rolling with their backup running back quarterbacks here. But, um, I don't think, one yep, of- I did not know that. I'm not, I did not get a chance to watch the UCF FAU game last week. Well, I am. I have. I am the pulse of the group of five teams for the for the SEC slow smoke count. So I feel like I have a little bit of inside knowledge. Plus, they're kind of like our not rival, but our competition in the Great American Athletic Conference. So we'll see. Um, all right. So not the most exciting week of college football, but still, college some college football is better than no college football. I think you would agree with that as well. So we're excited for it regardless and looking more more and more forward to the week after and recapping this. Any final words before we go, Holt? No, I don't think so. It's, uh, it's, it is a good week to gamble, though. I'll say that because uh, obviously there's a lot of uh, interesting lines out there. And, you know, when there's not a lot of fun matchups, on the gamble because then you, you know. You have something to uh, to get excited about, something to pay attention to. Yeah, I didn't tell you, but I did. I did sign up for the gambling now, so I feel like I'm about to get rich. I was starting to look at like ways to 
game the system. Oh, I don't what know. app are you using? No app. It's through Bovado, and I'm not sure if I'm the biggest fan oh, okay. of it or not. You doing it like on your laptop? On my phone, but like they have an app, but it's not like you can't really bet through the app. So I just go through the Safari. Oh. Well, I think uh, what you can do is there's a way to create an app through like the uh, like through that page. So like when you open the app, it'll take you straight to that Safari page. Just oh. heads up. Oh, gotcha. Are you on Bovada? No, I used to be. I'm on my bookie right now, but only because um, like last year I got like. They like matched. I had like a promo code. They like matched my first deposit or whatever. So I put in like a hundred bucks, and then I got like a hundred dollars worth of free play. Nice. Well, we'll, we'll take so, this off air because I'm uh, more interested in the gambling uh, now that I signed up. So we'll talk about it later. But until then, thanks for listening to us for this edition of Week Three Preview, and we will talk to you after Week Three is over in a few days. See you, Alex, bro. Are you cutting me off? Oh, sorry. I. I I can hear you again. I was starting to, it was starting to bug out, but yes, you can, you can talk if you like. I mean, I was just saying, because I'm the one who can end this podcast, not you. So, True. I mean, I feel like you should at least like ask for my permission before you just like in the podcast, you know? Right. Well, maybe next time, next time I'll ask for your permission. All right. You can ask me now. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Part two. I think Holt will end it whenever he's good and damn well ready. But I'm logging off now. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.